Hello, my friends. How are you this week? Uh, it's good to be back with you here on the Love Well podcast. And uh, before we dive in, a couple of quick announcement-y kind of things I uh, just want to make you aware of. Uh, first, I have started writing again, so you can uh, catch up with, uh, with stuff I'm writing at danielmrose.com. And uh, you can subscribe uh, there with your email and uh, yeah, you can catch catch everything via email so you don't miss anything. Um, so uh, I'd encourage you to head over to danielmrose.com and, and check that out. Uh, as always, you can continue the conversation from today's podcast on Twitter at Daniel M. Rose, and I hope you will. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, Tuesday nights, 8 o'clock in downtown Ypsilanti at the Tap Room, uh, a friend and I uh, host a conversation called Doubt on Tap, and uh, it's a it's an open conversation that lasts one hour, and right now we are doing this really fun series of conversations uh, based on the films of Bill Murray, and uh, so this week we are going to uh, be discussing uh, just, some, just some really fun, fun themes from a movie called St. Vincent. And, uh, man, if you have not seen that film, highly recommend it. I hadn't seen it until this weekend, and whew, it, it, is, it is excellent. I mean, really, really good. And uh, so we're going to be talking about uh, saints and sinners is uh, kind of the theme that we're, we're jumping off with. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really, really good, really good stuff. So come on out Tuesday night, 8 o'clock for Doubt on Tap. Uh, and I uh, hope, you hope you'll jump in with us there. Um, as always, we as we are continuing with this uh, series of Romans, you're kind of getting the kind of doing the 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 foundation, the background, the rest of the story, the uh, the stuff that kind of lays the groundwork for some conversations uh, that we are having on Sunday nights at my house um, about the second part of Romans. And uh, I hope you I hope you'll consider coming out and joining us some Sunday night, six o'clock. I would meet at my house, 9016 Parkland Drive, Ypsilanti, Michigan. And uh, yeah, come. We meet at 6. We have dinner together around 7 o'clock. We open up the scriptures, uh, spend some time talking, praying, and uh, and having community together. It's a, it's a great way to start your week with some amazing folks. Uh, the community is just, uh, it's just fantastic. So I hope you'll, hope you'll join us. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's going on. Um, so let's let's dive in here to our next our next bit of of Romans. So this coming Sunday we are going to be talking about uh, Romans chapter twelve, uh, verses nine through twenty one. And this might this might be this might now be my my favorite passage in in the Bible at least at least right now right I mean it's it's it changes every every few weeks, every, every couple of days, every, maybe even every few hours. But right now, uh, this week, at least Romans 12, nine through 21 is, man, it is, it's just, it's so good. It's so good. It's so rich. I really think that we could, uh, probably spend weeks just on, just on these few verses because there's, there's so much there and, uh, maybe we'll come back. Maybe I'll come back, uh, to the podcast and, and just spend some time talking about, uh, these verses, because 
Romans 12, 9 through 21 are, are all about uh, how do we love well? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> really, it's, it, 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 it just gets down to it, and it's practical, and, and it is, it just, it, Paul just kind of says, this is how you do it. You know, you want to love well? Here you go. Love well. And uh, so I would encourage you to, I'd encourage you to, to check it out. Verse 9, though I love, it just says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And it's just, uh, if we could just live that out, you know, on a regular basis, this world would look so different, right? Just just that. Um, whew. Because I don't know about you, but it's it's oftentimes hard to hard to do that. That that idea of being devoted to one another and love, honoring one another above yourselves, you know, we we want to we want to be honored so often, and uh, so very rarely do we really want to look to honor others, and and especially above ourselves. Uh, it's it's a real blow to it's a real blow to the ego uh, when. When somebody else gets the credit that we think we deserve, or that somebody else, or we're doing something great and we don't get any credit, and uh, and and we really think we should be should be spotlighted, and so uh, some of these things are are just they, they go to the heart of who we are and a lot of the the core issues that that we struggle and and, and face. Um, so uh, Romans twelve uh, nine nine through twenty one is what we'll be talking about on Sunday. But you know what? It's rooted all the way back uh, in Romans chapter 7. And this is what I love about what Paul does. is He, he writes this stuff and, and he lays these things out. And it's all tied together. It is all connected. And, and it's because these are letters. right? These are personal letters that, that he wrote. And just like when we write a letter to somebody, it's, it's not like... It's not like we go, okay, well, and this paragraph is disconnected from this paragraph. It's, it's not like these things are all separate ideas. He has one big idea, one big thought uh, that he is really pressing, pressing in and through this whole letter to the church at Rome. And, and it, is, it is this idea of uh, how, do we, how do we live? How do we live by faith? How do we live this gospel that has been revealed and, and live, live a life of justice, of righteousness, by faith? How do we do this? And how do we do this in community with one another? You know, this, I'm convinced this is the, the heartbeat of this letter. I used to think it was a uh, just a purely a really a theological kind of thing with some good stuff tacked on at the end to, to kind of live. But I really, the more and more I'm studying Romans, uh, the more and more I'm realizing that this this letter is 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 really a call to to live out our identity as followers of Jesus. If you are going to say you follow Jesus, this is how you should live, and this is why you should live it. And so, uh, is so I look here back at. At Romans chapter 7, and, uh, and I'll just read it. He says, Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? For example, uh, 
By law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, not in the old way of the written code. This this idea of being united with Christ is one of Paul's favorite things to write about. Right? We are united with Christ uh, in his death and in his resurrection. The cross is center. It is front and center always in Paul's mind. Uh, it, Christ is, is the crucified one. He is, he is the one who, who took shame and flipped it and made it honorable. And... He is the one who took death and said, no, from death comes life. He flipped the script. And here we see that, uh, you know, all these, all these passions, all these things that are in us, uh, we are able to set aside because we have been united with Christ. We're united with Christ in, in the crucifixion and resurrection. And so uh, for us, if Romans 12, 9 through 21 calls us to a radical love, we kind of have to ask ourselves, well, where does that, where, where's the foundation for that? Because a radical love, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's, it's so tiring uh, to love, to love people self-sacrificially, right? I mean, eventually what happens is you get so drained. You just want somebody to take care of you for a change. You want, you want it to be about you just, just for a minute, Right? I mean, this is, you know, the great theologian Toby Keith. Yeah, I mean, he, he writes the, wrote the song, right? I want to talk about me. I want to talk about my. I want to talk about me. Oh, my. Oh, my. You know, this is, this is just so true. Like, we all feel this way, don't we? I mean, I do. I, I, there, there are times where it's like, can't it just be about me? Just once? Like, that would be so great if it would just be about me. But when, I'm, when, I'm, when I get to that point... Uh, it is it is kind of this moment where I where I where I have to stop and say okay, if I have if I have reached the bottom of the barrel for my ability to 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 love radically, then what it means is I've disconnected myself from being bound to Christ. I I, I have I've severed that somehow some way. I am not living out of my unity with Christ, with my union with Christ, the one with whom I died and rose again. And, and that sounds super weird and mystical and whatever, but here's the deal. When we are drawing from our own well, then eventually our well, our well will run dry. It just will. And Jesus, Jesus says, hey, my well, my well never runs dry. The, the, I am the water I am the living water. And, and so when we, are, when we are practicing, intentionally practicing a union with Christ and trying to, trying to unite ourselves with Him, uh, when we recognize that reality, then what happens is we start living by faith. And when we live by faith, then, then we are able to draw 
from a well that's not our own. We're able to draw from from the well from Christ's well, and and I can't I can't tell you exactly how this works, right? I can't write a script or um, or give you some sort of recipe. It takes practice. This is a this is a, a spiritual exercise. It is a spiritual reality that we have to practice into. We practice this. Uh, through meditation, we practice this through prayer, we practice this by reading the scriptures, we practice this when, when we show up at, uh, at our congregation, you know, as our congregation gathers in community, we practice this. We practice this by letting somebody else go first uh, to get food. We practice this uh, by, you know, helping to put away chairs or uh, by simply asking, how can I help? What can I do? And, uh, and we all, we all, we all find ways to practice this every single day. And, and then what happens is when it comes time for game day, when it comes time in a sense, uh, for, for us to take the field, when, when we have to love someone who, who is seemingly unlovable, when we have to, to engage in a depth of relationship where we are just not ever going to um, to get something out of it, uh, we, we've got these skills in place. We, we understand how to draw from the well that's not our own. And, and Christ's well is, it's, it's forever deep. It's eternal. It's lasting. And so to be united with Him, to, to be buried with Christ, united with Him in death and in resurrection, it allows us access to His well. And so we are, we're able to love not, not just of ourselves, but we love by faith. We love by faith those who are, who are most, difficult, uh, most difficult to love. So we, we, need, we need to get on board. We need to get, in a sense, we, just, we need to get on board with Jesus. Uh, we need to see how, how he loves. Yeah, you know, and one of the things I love about um, the stories of Jesus in the Gospels is is that we see his full humanity, right? Like Jesus, Jesus gets tired. Jesus takes naps. Jesus gets annoyed. Uh, he doesn't sin, but he gets annoyed with, with his disciples. He's like, oh, he rolls his, you can hear him rolling his eyes. How much longer do I have to be with you? It's almost like, good night. I'd rather just go to the cross now. So, you know, I don't have to answer these silly questions you guys are asking me. Um, and, and yet he, he doesn't go before his time. He, he continues with them. He, he bears with them. He, he holds them up. And, uh, and, he, and he engages deeply. And so when, when we look here at, at Romans 7, you know, Paul is, Paul is trying to help us understand what's going on here. Be, before we are united with Christ in his death, we are, we are bound, people are bound to the law. People are bound to, to follow rules. You're doing something because it's the right thing to do, and you're just going to do it. And, and you don't know why you're going to do it. You're just going to do it. It is the rules. Uh, a, a Franciscan, uh, a Franciscan that, I, that I'm really starting to like and enjoy is a guy named Richard Rohr. And, and he calls this uh, kind of the first calls this kind of the first stage of life, right? Um, 
where you build a box and these rules uh, allow us to, to in a sense, be moral, to, in a sense, do the right things. Um, and so we live inside this box in this first part of life. This is the law. These, this, is, this is the structure. And, and what Paul says is, you know, the, the structure, what it does is it, wake, it awakens something in us. Now, it awakens, it awakens what he calls sin, right? It awakens uh, the, the sinful passions, are, he says, are aroused by the law. And, and the reason is, is because eventually we, we see these rules and, and we start pushing. We start, we start pushing against it and, and we start waking up. We move from, we move from childhood into adulthood. And as you go through this process, whether it's just, you know, you think about a little kid when they're four or five years old, most little kids are legalists, man, right? You know, they, that's not right. That's wrong. Da, 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 da. They are literalists and they are legalists and they follow the law. They follow the rules and they get super mad when you don't follow the rules. But eventually what happens is somewhere along the line, you know, usually like around, you know, I don't know, puberty, uh, the rules begin to be something you push against and you kick against and, and something, uh, something awakens in you. And, and Paul calls it the, the sinful passions. Now, either, either these, these passions that you're, that you're facing that, that begin to awaken you, uh, you, you either kill them off dead um, or, or you begin to, ch- you, you begin to figure out, uh, what else is going on. And so you either die or you, or you rise to life. Um, and oddly enough, the way that, the way that these, these passions, uh, kill you is, is by you giving in. It's by you, uh, just giving yourself over to them and something in you eventually dies. Now what Christ, what Paul says is, Hey, you, you, you who say you follow Christ, you have been, you have died, but you've also been raised to new life. Now the box expands, the box grows. There are rules, there are laws, these, these things that once you you tried to follow, he says, Hey, that's, that wasn't, that was meant to wake you up. Now you're awake. Now, now you got to find a life and you find a life by uniting yourself with this Christ who died on the cross and rose again. And you rise again, he says. Um, says in verse 4, right? He says, uh, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. So you are you are raised to life with a purpose, right? You have this, you have this purpose. There's this thing that you're supposed to do. Well, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to bear fruit. You're supposed to bear fruit for God. Now, at the end of this, uh, in, in verse 6, he talks about how uh, we are to serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. So it's no longer about just following rules. It's no longer about just doing the right thing. No, it's it's about it's about doing things in accordance with the spirit, keeping in step with the spirit, so to speak. And Paul actually uses that language uh, in another one of his letters. Uh, in, in Galatians uh, chapter 5, he says, The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Do you see the connection here? 
those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires because those are all tied up in the law, right? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So let, let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This, this Paul says, is the way of the... This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is, this is what, how you're called to live now. Now notice, notice these things, this fruit, this way of the Spirit... Love, joy, peace, forbearance, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all things done in relationship. These are all things done in community. These are all, all things that, that if you are, are pursuing a pure, unadulterated self-centeredness, you, you're not going to live that out. I mean, you're just not. And, and so these, these all play out in relationships to one another. This then brings us right back to that radical love that he is talking about in Romans 12. Um, and so we we need to grasp hold of this. And we need to understand that when, when he's talking about this radical love, he is not talking about simply doing the right things. He's not simply talking about following some sort of of rules and regulations. No, what he's talking about is keeping in step with the Spirit. He's talking about uniting with Christ in this spiritual and mystical kind of way where, where we then are, are loving people self-sacrificially in the same way that Christ loved us self-sacrificially on the cross. Jesus says that we are to take up our cross daily. What does that mean? Does that mean we should all walk around, you know, with with wooden bars on our shoulders? No, absolutely. That's not his point. His point is to take up the self-sacrificial love, to follow in his footsteps, to live that way. And and when we do, when we do, oh, my friends, we will enjoy life. We will experience joy and satisfaction. And, and, it, and it is a great life to live. Those seasons when I am living this way, um, they, they, I look back and they are my favorite seasons of life. The seasons where I am living selfishly, I look back on those and those are, those are brutal seasons. And I wish I, could, wish I could change those. They were those wasted time. It was wasted time. So, so if you're exhausted... If you're exhausted by by loving, um, I would encourage you to take a minute and and ask yourself, where are you trying? Where are you trying to, to love from? Are you are you looking to love other people because it's just the right thing to do? Because it's it's some sort of rule that, that you think you need to follow to make God happy. Um because if that's if that's what's happening, then you're then you're you're not you're not in step with the spirit. Sure, you might be doing something good, something right, uh, but eventually that's going to wear out. You're not going to be able to keep it up. Um. So, so try to stay in step with the spirit. You know, get your focus off yourself. Really try to identify with uh, the one who sacrificed himself understand that 
that your energy, that your power, that uh, whatever you want to call it, doesn't have to come just from you, but you have access to this well of living water. And his name is his name is Jesus. He is the Christ, and we we who are united with him, uh, we can we can love well for a lifetime. So, yeah, that's all I got uh, this week. Um, so why don't you hit me up on Twitter and let's continue the conversation. And, uh, you know, and again, uh, check, out, check out what I'm writing over at DanielMrose.com. Uh, so until next week, my friends, love well.